is the broadcast on Poets at War, Inkling-style Discord chat, last Friday of every month. And now, the broadcast. So what's going on with y'all? <laughs> Not much with me. Mm -hmm. uh, just worked today and then got home, sorted a little bit of Lego, and then came up here. Nice, nice. Yeah, we found this Braves hat recently at a Goodwill for like six bucks or something. It's actually a really nice one too. This isn't good. Yeah, I was gonna say this uh, patch. I love too, right there. That's that's a really sick patch. They only had it for like one year. I don't remember what year it was, but the Braves have not been the most. Um, what's the term? Uh, they're not keen on touting the fact for whatever reason that they are the oldest baseball team in the MLB <laughs> when you actually really? trace their lineage. Yes. They um, were, were, were in Milwaukee before Atlanta. And then before that, they were in Boston. Before they were the Boston Braves, they had a bunch of random names during the Depression, like the Boston Bean Eaters and the Boston Bees and all kinds of other names. But before that, they were the original Boston Red Stockings. And before that, they were the Cincinnati Red Stockings, which are considered the first professional baseball team. They would actually um, uh, take on all comers. We'll travel to your place, have a big event with your local baseball team, you know, and uh, and take them on. They were the first professionally paid full time uh, baseball team in the United States. And so the Braves franchise has always been since like the beginning of baseball. It's ridiculous when you actually trace the lineage. Yeah, I know. The Boston Red Sox came in later and took over the spot that the um that the uh, uh basically there were two teams in Boston for a while and one of them was in one league and then another in another league and then they eventually came together and formed what is now National and American League. Um within MLB but yeah Braves are a lot of people don't think of Braves like when you think of those old teams you think of like the Cubs and the Yankees and you know stuff like that but like the Braves are older than all of them <laughs> wow yeah <laughs> so that's interesting yeah very mm -hmm. so um yeah not sure who all we're going to have tonight but uh, I was planning on reading, you've already heard it, uh, Alex Alexander Obvious, um, oh. the first one, and going from there, um, I don't know if I mentioned to you or not, but this is the first one I've actually used any sort of, um, GPT assistance with. Um, okay. I didn't really use a lot, like, I basically gave it everything I had, and then said, hit me with your best shot. What it spat out was... Uh, less than exciting, but it was something that I could edit. Um, mm -hmm. And a few times I went back and forth. Uh, there was a one or two places where I was like, okay, well, I don't really want to kill the snake, but I want to um, definitely like hurt it physically and make it run away, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so how, how can we accomplish that? And I was asking it to try different methods of accomplishing it and, sort of that sort mm. of thing that helped me solve it but like i i, I took a few lines that i thought oh okay yeah very nice um so where, why are you just there you were just there abigail where'd you go 
<laughs> um, uh, we've got a few in chat now. Join us, won't you? Put in the link again. JoshuaDavidLing.com slash Discord. I have a redirect. So there we go. Um, but yeah, it was it was an interesting interesting experience, and I'm definitely gonna be using it more as I write, um, just to get even more of a direction than just the outline. Although I'm sure there are some where I'm going to uh, read the outline and know exactly what I need to do and just yeah. crank, crank through it in five minutes. <laughs> you know, just because that's kind of how it works for me. But yeah, I'm also trying a fill light or a hair light, I think is what they call it, behind me too. I have the, the purple ceiling lights mm-hmm. and then I have... uh. I, supposed to light up some of the back and around me i think it's doing i can see a little bit of purple there yeah a little bit i think these lights aren't that bright compared to my spot which is up there so but mm-hmm. playing around with options let's try green ah green <laughs> I like that blue very nice blue is nice it, it does it doesn't work with your shirt though yeah it's too it, it's too blue yeah but the green was super nice yeah green is a really nice one I had it on purple, which is nice, but mm. try red. Mm. It's not bad. Yeah, we'll go with green tonight. That'll work. So, but yeah. So, um, any which way, you purchased a bunch of Legos recently. I did. That was sounding really cool. Are you where? where are you storing them somewhere now, or? So they are currently being stored at my dad's work. Um, Dad has a giant warehouse that he has access to. And so they are loaning me a bunch of the like flip top boxes. Yeah, yeah. And so I pulled them out of the Gaylord container and put them into those boxes. And I'm now storing them just in a corner at work and then bringing one box at a time home. And uh, the army of littles that I have access to are sorting them. It's great. Oh, that is cool. That is cool starting that up. Yeah, I've been I've been enjoying my job at Fairy Tale Dreams. Um, I'm starting to not be stressed out about it, which is good because I've been very stressed these past couple weeks. Um, and it's just changing. It's the fact that she wanted me to wear closed-toed shoes, but I I think I found a way around it because a lot of people wear socks around the thing, so I just take them off and wear my socks most of the time. But I have very wide feet, and finding shoes is not easy. I mostly wear sandals because of that. And she wanted yeah. closed-toed, and I'm like, uh, and I got some New Balance that are not quite wide enough, but they're wider. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just dealing with foot pain. Now I think I've mitigated it by going with socks. So hopefully that'll be acceptable going forward. <laughs> cool. But Yeah. So, yeah, Abigail was going to be on here, it looked like. Let me tag her. Abigail, you popped in for a second. All well. Did you, uh, oh, you're reading Albion. 
Yes, I am. And so far? I'm enjoying it. It's really good. It's really well written. I'm picking up. Uh, I'm understanding why you like it uh, okay. so much. I'm. Are you to Otherworld yet? I am like 15% into the first book. Uh, Simon just went into the... The cairn? And the... Oh, whatever you call it. The cairn. The giant stone. Yeah, cairn. Um, and then... Forgot the main guy's name. Uh, is about Lewis. to fall after yeah. him. Lewis, yeah. Yeah, Lewis is about to fall after him. Okay. And that's where I am. Nice. I'm really liking it. it it's really interesting. Good. Especially going off of what we've been talking about, about fairies and right. stuff like that. I'm, I'm picking up I'm picking up what Lawhead is doing yeah. with the whole idea of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is, to me, his magnum opus. There's, there's some people who say Pendragon, some people who say, um, I forget the other series that they say is really good by him right off the top. Uh, but then, then there's people who really like Albion, you know, and, and I really just, Albion just is incredible to me. Um, no, well, this is, this is a lot closer to, uh, King Raven than it is to in the hall of the dragon King, the dragon King trilogy. Yes. And I really liked King Raven. I thought that was fantastic. Absolutely amazing. I'll probably have to go back and reread it at some point in time. But I was not as big a fan of Dragon King, and that kind of made me wary of the rest of his stuff because right. hit and miss. Hello. We got the other Alex. Kind of like a mm-hmm. glare there. Nah, it's all good. It's kind of cool. <laughs> you look yeah. like you're in an 80s music video. <laughs> oh, well, it's good to yeah. meet, see your face and everything. Uh, good to have you aboard alex invited you to this insanity what are your thoughts so far um so i've seen one and a half of the broodcast okay so far very amazing like it love it (laughs) um i really enjoy how time zone wise it works perfectly because it is 10 a.m saturday morning here for me nice where are you at oh in guam that's right guam that's right that works out that's cool yeah so, very perfect. Uh, almost wasn't able to make it today because uh, Typhoon, Category 4 Typhoon hit us Wednesday, all all day Wednesday and half the day Thursday. Out. So, yeah. Didn't have Wi-Fi until this morning. So, almost wasn't able to make it. It's crazy. Like, I think either tonight or tomorrow at some point, uh, I'm in Augusta, Georgia, if you didn't hear before. Mm-hmm. Um we're going to be having like 55 degrees Fahrenheit <laughs> um, at some point. Nice. I know, but it makes no sense whatsoever for Augusta, Georgia in like late May. <laughs> None whatsoever. It feels really nice right now. It's like in the uh, upper 60s. It's it's uh, breezy, you know, whatever. But I can tell it's going to get uh, not cold, but like weirdly cold for May here very soon. Um but yeah, so, oh boy. Well, um, we'll keep ha- hanging around, waiting for some other people. Alex, I, uh, uh, Alexander and then Alex, is that what I should go with? Yeah. Does that make it work? Okay. Worse me. All right, Alexander will be this one over here. If yeah, if if the directions are correct on your screen, the one pointed at me for me. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Well, I was saying Alexander, the one that I knew from 
earlier. <laughs> and Alex, the one I know now. Okay, Alexander. Um, we had a thing in the brood earlier on uh, what I thought was the last, basically the last great Disney Renaissance song. Did you see that or no? I did not. Okay. I, I did not see that. Hello, Abigail. Hello. I know you're getting yourself set up and everything, so if you can hear me, we'll be with you in a moment. Just get yourself all situated, and we'll go from there. Um, the So, yeah. Go ahead. You want to hear my thesis? Yeah, go. Okay, my thesis was uh, I Can Go the Distance from Hercules, which is 1997, is the last great in the Disney formula of the Renaissance Disney song uh, of, of that first Renaissance, right? Mm-hmm. Until probably, I would argue, um, in the second Renaissance, probably I see the light from Tangled, um, but possibly even Let It Go. You know what I'm saying? Uh, from Fro- I know Let It Go is overplayed, but it, it is pitch-perfect Disney. Um, mm-hmm. And so I... I, the reason I say I can go the distance is not because I don't like the Tarzan soundtrack or um, even Mulan soundtrack to some extent, uh, but the fact is there's the best song in Mulan is I'll, I'll Make a Man Out of You, and we like that just because it's so cheesy. You know, you know what I mean? Like None of the songs really stand out that much. Reflection is okay, but like compared to a lot of the other Disney Disney princess songs, it's it's pales in comparison. Um, Mm -hmm. and so my argument is I can go the distance is like the last, and I would even argue that there are no other great songs on that one, possibly maybe one of the muse songs, but it's like they kind of blend together. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I would say the last great Disney Renaissance song, uh, I heard it's from Abigail, um, is, uh, yeah, hearing a little bit of your mic there. Um, yeah sorry it's okay it's okay welcome um i can go the distance by hercules what are your thoughts alex alexander okay so hercules is the only disney renaissance movie that i have never seen okay i i I just haven't taken the time to watch it i don't like what they did to the greek myth oh no no (laughs) (laughs) someone said see jackson whenever i was like seven or eight and so that was my greek myth and anything that kind of broke from that i was very much someone in the especially going more childish someone in the facebook chat earlier said uh it it is to greek myth what joel osteen is to christianity done (laughs) perfect that's exactly what it is yeah but that's why i like it because it's just so wacky and weird like it's you gotta accept it for what it is you know what i mean i I, you can do i know no, no no i'm saying if you're gonna gonna have it at all you got to know that it's got an incredible villain in Hades. Hades in that movie is just amazing, lovely, wonderful. Um, as he would say, two thumbs way, way up. Anyway, um, but uh, yeah, and honestly, like, there's just such weird choices. Like, the fact that the muses sing gospel music. Like, there's no rhyme or reason. You're just sitting back like, is this i think it's one of the funniest disney film uh, animated films i think the only one i'd say more so funny wise would maybe be the emperor's new groove um i really like the emperor's new groove um but but it's it's up there it's really funny there's not all the jokes hit but a lot of them do 
Um, and a lot of them are just weird. <laughs> um, I think that's why I like it so much. But the song itself is played straight, very, very straightforward. And if yeah. we didn't have Hercules's I Want song in that movie, which is what I Can Go the Distance is, like yeah. it wouldn't work, you know? Um, it really helps make that film. So anyway, yeah, Abigail, while you're, while you're think, thinking to collecting your thoughts, Abigail, how are you? I'm okay. Yeah. I'm a little overwhelmed today. I gotcha. Because I have so many things to write and I have some deadlines coming up. So I gotcha. Uh... I gotcha. Yeah. Well, you 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 said you were going to try and bring something. You got something complete or incomplete? I, oh, I like incomplete personally because then we might be able to have some impact on it. <laughs> I have like two sentences. Mm, I want to. So, <laughs> but we can wait. I mean, like, go ahead. If we keep on talking about Disney songs, then um, maybe I'll have like four sentences. Well, there you uh, go. And we can wait for some more people. Hopefully, we'll get some more people tonight. Yeah. So that sounds good. I have, just so you know, coming up, um, I did write my first, um, I, I mentioned it in The Brood a while ago, but Alexander Obvious, it's a, a character that I came up with oh, yeah. for kids' stories, and I got my first one completed, and I wanted to share it with The Brood. So um, I was going to read that at some point. But uh, yeah, Alexander, what were you saying with the, uh, uh, the Disney stuff? So... As far as the last great Disney song in the Disney style, mm -hmm. in the Renaissance, in the Renaissance, uh, I agree. We you, you just completely dismissed Tarzan, yes, because it's no longer in the Disney style. It brought the end of yes. the Disney Renaissance. Mm -hmm. So right. yeah, that's gone. I would argue that Reflection is probably. I really like Reflection. Okay. I think it is a fantastic song. I think it is a really good I want song. On a, it's doing something different than most of the other I Want songs. Because okay. the other I Want songs seem to be uh, very outward focused. Mm -hmm. And what Mulan is saying is, I want to be the person that I need to be. Okay. But I'm not. Yeah. And that is, it, it ends up juxtaposing with the rest of the film because she ends up saying, it ends up saying, well, the person that I am is able to do very interesting things. And so the entire movie kind of exists as a repudiation of the I Want song. And I think that's really interesting. Mm. I think that that's actually a very interesting choice. And I would tend to say that because of the way that it plays with that formula, it's kind of great. Mm -hmm. It's not my favorite, definitely. Yeah, I but think... I, I think... would say it's kind of, I would say it is great. I think my only issue... I, I agree with everything you said. I think the... The failure for me compared to I Can Go the Distance is the execution of the lyrics. I think that it is poetically lacking. Um, mm. I, I think that Tim Rice is like one quarter the luster of a Howard Ashman. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his his stuff just does not hold a candle to Ashman. And, and Ashman did not write uh, I Can Go the Distance. In fact, I'm not sure who did. I'm going to look that up real quick. Um, if it is Tim Rice, well, the, you, your better stuff was Hercules. Um, uh, let's see. I was going to say, I know that didn't he write most of the lyrics to Lion King? Uh, well, no, Tim Rice? I, I, he worked with Elton John. 
Elton John did have some say over over lyrics and stuff, but they but they workshopped everything with the Disney people to to make it work. Um, it was written okay. The lyric lyricist was David Zippel, um, who apparently never heard of him. Apparently, as far as I can tell, he may have only ever worked with Alan Menken on Hercules, which is interesting. Um, let's see, he did. Uh, okay, lyricist in 1989, City of Angels, Goodbye Girl, Hercules. Uh, he's apparently he's he's working. Uh, he he started working on a live the live action one with Alan Menken. Um, let's see, a different an Andrew Lloyd Webber 2020 Cinderella. Um, oh yeah, I heard about that. Okay. So he he was involved in that. Uh, oh, he did Swan Princess nineteen ninety. Some of the lyrics in Swan Princess nineteen ninety four, um, which is a good movie. Um, for you know the your standard like nineties uh, Disney uh, wannabe schlock. Um, you know, par- not parody. What's the term? Rip off. Whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, he's won some Academy Award nominations and things. He worked on. Um, yeah, okay. Uh oh, he wrote uh, Star Spangled Man and Captain America the First Avenger. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, pretty dang good song. Oh yeah, it's not bad. <laughs> um have you heard the lyrics to I Can Go the Distance? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So you I'm I'm familiar with it. You're familiar with it? Okay. Yeah. I think they're they're really, really good. Um but yeah, I and I think that it it uh it does a really good job walking the line of like specifically the character and working as more of a Broadway-ish kind of tune. And then like the Michael Bolton version being more like radio play, which is a really fine line to walk to where the songs can't be totally different. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah. So with reflection, I just think that the lyrics end up being too homogenous in the musical version. I mean, Christina Aguilera, you know, the radio version that they did was great. Like, it's an amazing song. Don't like as a as a pop song, as a a an inward character study kind of a thing, even for Mulan. But I think it doesn't have enough of a because it's not outward enough, it doesn't have and the animation doesn't doesn't exactly help it. it like there's some really inward songs that have existed in the disney universe that you know i i think of part of your world as a prime example mm-hmm. um even though it has a few things that tie it to the world that's in thingamabobs you know whatever right like okay but like beyond that the animation really like makes you feel what she's feeling mulan just kind of walks through a garden and sings and then like mm-hmm. wipes the makeup off way too easily everyone points that out <laughs> and it's like okay yeah that's sad i'm with you it's sad now what <laughs> i think the song is great i agree mm-hmm. what it does for her is great um as far as like letting us know what she's thinking but it's just what she's thinking and feeling it's not yeah. like I don't feel the weighted pressure like I feel with Ariel. Like, I'm about to burst. I have to go there. Right? Mm. So, 
take that for what yeah, it is. And, yeah, absolutely. And that's, once again, I feel like that's kind of what it is supposed to be. She's trying to, now, this would be an interesting thing to discuss more about, is whether or not what the movie is actually saying is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Because what she's saying is, I, I want to live up to the tradition. Right. I want to right. do the things that my family is expecting of me. Moana did it better. <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> Go ahead, though. And then, yeah, absolutely. And then the entire movie exists to say, no, you need. While it might be a decent impulse, what you actually need to do is be yourself. Right. I'm not sure that that's a great message. I, I'm not sure that that's a great message. Right. But I, I do think that it works as the as setting up the conflict with her. Right. Right. Once again, you can, yeah. I mean, no, it does it. It does its job. Like, it does its it job. Does a really good job of setting up the character of Mulan. Yeah. I think if you don't have the instrumental portion of when she is suiting up to go, which is just an incredible piece of music. It's so good. If you don't have that, I think Reflections really falls flat, or Reflection really falls flat. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. Yeah. Mulan's decision is just a rocking piece of music. Oh, yeah. I I actually like that piece better than Pride Rock. <laughs> I like Pride Rock. Don't get me wrong, but like that piece of music just gets me pumped. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I agree. I agree. Especially the way that it leads in so softly and then hits with the synth. Oh, and it's completely different from the entirety of the rest of the soundtrack, which it needed to be to emphasize the importance of that moment. Yeah. Who did the soundtrack? I mean, the score. Bryce did the lyrics. Who did the actual soundtrack? It was Alan Menken. I know at least did a good chunk of it. Um, let me see. Uh, Mulan credits. Not the twenty twenty goofballs. No one cares about that one. <laughs> yeah, except to absolutely hate it. Exactly. Let's see here. Um, do 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 do. Okay. Um, assistant score music editor Robert Bayless, additional score orchestrator uh, Doug Besserman, um, Alexander Courage. That's hilarious. Um, is uh the orchestrator. Uh, Jerry Goldsmith, conductor, score, score yeah, producer. Jerry, Jerry Goldsmith. Goldsmith. Yep. So Jerry Goldsmith and uh, of course Alan Menken always helps with score when he when he works on a film. Um, he wrote most of. I think Alan Menken's, um, quite possibly Alan Menken's greatest triumph. You know, he's done a lot of different stuff, but I'm saying in the Disney films, to me, his, one of his greatest contributions is. Um, Waiting for the Lights in Tangled, which is the piece just before I see the light, where we have that quiet moment. Hey, Sarah, how's it going? Um, good, how about you? Good, good. That quiet moment right before I see the lights with the um, with mm-hmm. the father crying and everything. Oh, that piece is incredible. And the thing that always gets me is not that moment, but when the entire kingdom lifts their lanterns in hope. You know, to see her again one day. So, mm-hmm. pretty awesome. 
Hello, Sarah. You're talking about Tangled. Yep, we were talking about Tangled. We were, we were continuing the conversation. Alexander didn't get a chance to get in on it earlier. Um, the 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 uh, uh, last great piece of the Disney Renaissance. He made the argument reflection from Mulan. Um, I was saying I don't think it's as great as its predecessor. I don't know if you can put it in the same camp as you know the really great the greats that came from the Renaissance, but it's good. If if there is an argument to be made, I would say it's for reflection. Um, yeah. that's a great song. Yep. So, but um, yeah. Then we got off on talking about who wrote stuff, and we found out the guy who wrote "I Can Go the Distance" also wrote "Star Spangled Man" from Captain America: The First Avenger. Um. Yeah, that would be um. Dude, I know his name right off the top of my head, Jenna. Yeah. Yeah, D- David Zippel or something like that. Anyway, we just yeah. said it a minute ago, and I forgot the first name. Right. Hang on, I literally have a list of things that I keep on here. He also did Swan Princess lyrics, like the Swan Princess movie from 1994. I don't know that one. Why does no one know this one? It was like everywhere. That one's so good. Even though they so, totally rip off Beauty and the Beast's uh, melody. But go ahead. Al- other Alex? You said something earlier. Or Ale- you mentioned the second Disney Renaissance. I- I'd never heard that term. Yes. Yeah, some people call... Um, some people put it at Tangled and some people put it at Princess and the Frog. I put it at Princess and the Frog. And it's basically the Lasseter era before he got Me Too'd and all the stuff happened. And I'm not saying he didn't... He just got Me Too'd. He was actually kind of creepy and doing some bad things but he wasn't convicted for anything either which tells you a lot <laughs> so yeah. that's a that's a whole other thing he just got fired and divorced because that was that was completely just but he wasn't uh he wasn't the only one acting in those processes let's put it that way yeah so i have a whole list of movie composers and what they've done this <laughs> living on my notes app on my phone that's fantastic and one of my favorite um aside from you gotta have your john williams of course star wars and indiana jones and so many other things and you gotta have your hun uh your uh howard shore Shore with your lord of the rings of course Mm -hmm. um but like hans zimmer is awesome and Mm -hmm. he did a lot of so many like action adventure movies like he did the um robert downey jr sherlock holmes he did all the pirates of the caribbean he did all of the um the batmans with um um what's his face there Mail. christopher nolan's batman yeah christian male trilogy he did kung fu panda <laughs> yeah don't forget gladiator Yep, that's on there. And Muppet Treasure Island, of all things. Ah, that's a great movie. <laughs> and he contributed to the movie Spirit. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. Yeah, I knew that one. Yep. Like, that's all over the place, and I love it. Um, Another one that doesn't get enough don't love. Forget, um, Go- don't forget Dune, which he won the Academy Award this last year. And it's an incredible soundtrack. Nice. I haven't seen that or watched that, so I didn't make a list. I was gonna oh, say one. Well, I mean, go ahead. It is an incredible movie. It's beautiful. I just watched mm-hmm. it because it's so pretty. <laughs> yep. The music is amazing too. Oh, well, it have to be. 
with Hans Zimmer. <laughs> I was going to say, one one guy who doesn't get enough love for his score work is uh, Harry Gregson Williams. Um, he doesn't get a lot of... It, it sounds familiar, but I don't know it. He did Narnia soundtracks. Um, uh, but yeah. he, he he's done a lot of other stuff, too. The problem is he doesn't get as big budget movies most of the time, but he is actually very, very talented and very prolific. Um, yeah, and he's... His brother, whose name I can't remember right now, um, is also really good. He has some really excellent soundtracks out, too. Nice. It's like Henry Williams, isn't it, or something? Harry Gregson Williams and... Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's I can't remember his name. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, they're both very good. So... Um, when I jumped on fucking Disney renaissance and that was so much alan menken mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yep and i actually fell in love with alan menken's music with tangled which is what you're talking about exactly when i came in um but i like went back and looked up all the other things he had done and like these are like all the best to see if you if you ever want to hear like the extended cut of of basically the song I Got a Dream. It's not actually the song, uh, the extended cut of that. But what I'm saying is, like, that style of Alan Menken humor, like, musically, um, and he actually wrote most of the lyrics, actually, in this one I'm talking about. I've mentioned it many times before. Sarah knows this. Gallivant. <laughs> the TV show Gallivant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is uh, the, some of the fun, like, uh, it's it's R-rated, so keep that in mind as far as, like, the comedy goes. But good gracious, he is so funny in that one. Uh, and it's a whole TV, two-season TV show worth of just wacky stuff to the point where in the second season we do get a cameo from Weird Al Yankovic. Mm -hmm. So... Wow. <laughs> He plays. He's a priest or something. He's right? he is he is part of the the monks that are the um the order of perpetual singing. <laughs> so actually, it's order of perpetual refrain. I think is the technical title. But yeah, so basically they and they're like, hey hey, we're the monks. <laughs> it's like this uh, like barbershop acapella type thing. <laughs> Um, I have to read some of the lows, those lyrics. Hold on one second. Uh, and Timothy Amundsen is the bad guy in it. Oh, yeah. Finger he's one so in funny in that oh, one. He rocks. <laughs> he is absolutely having a blast. Okay. Um, Has anybody seen Psych? I have not yet, but I know of it. And I know some stuff from it. My brother is obsessed. I'm going to watch it at some point, but... Um, okay, so I let me just read these because this is this is peak Alan Menken, and then we can get to we have a what I call a quorum, which is about five people usually, so we can read some of the things that we came to show off. But um, uh, here we come walking. Oh wait, no, that's not. Uh, hey, no, not no, no, no. Why did it autocorrect? It autocorrected to "We're the Monkeys." It's "We're the Monks." That's part of the joke, though. Okay. Hey, hey, we're the monks. They kind of do uh, like a doo-wop kind of beginning. It says, welcome to our abbey, the best in the domain, the order of our father of perpetual refrain, and we're the monks. Hey, hey, we're the monks. It says, come in if you, come in if you are weary. There's food, food, there's food if you would dine, plus 30, 31 varieties of sacramental wine. And we're the monks. Hey, hey, we're the monks. 
Uh, and then one of them comes up. I'm the smart one. Hallelujah. I'm the shy one. Boop did <laughs> And I'm the bad boy, but not so bad because I'm a monk. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. Uh, okay, this is the best part. This is this is all weird out right here. We'll fetch the holy water and holy soap as well, because holy guacamole, that one reeks to holy hell, and we're the monks. <laughs> hey, we're the monks. <laughs> <laughs> it is so good and that's just one song they always have at least one song in an episode sometimes two or three and it is ah oh, it's just so good um yeah it's just such a great show but uh yeah okay so that got me going that's so so show is so good um all right so i know sarah and abigail and i all have something to share Alex says, do you have anything? Sadly, no. That's okay. So who wants to go first? If nobody, I can open things up. Go ahead. I don't mind where I go. Okie dokie. Let me pull it up. Um... Definitely not playing and staying on as late as I did last time. <laughs> yeah, we were on pretty, pretty late last time. It's because I was working on a project and I was actually up till three something a.m. We all needed to talk. We all needed to talk too. It was, it was crazy. I've had those nights like probably more than anybody since I host the thing. But like, just some of the nights that we've had, like Virginia Patrick, I had uh, one where she, she and I were talking for like an hour or something, and she just she just needed somebody to talk to, and that's, that's happened more than once. Not just her, like just all kinds of people. It's like it just seems to happen that way, and I've. I've cut off recording by that point. We can just talk, you know, and it's just really cool that we were able to kind of get with each other. One of the things, uh, before I get into this, one of the things that happened today, and I'm trying to get out and do this more after all the nonsense of the past several years, is I took Hazel with me to the grocery store just to pick up pizza, and it was really nice. And, like, I had to text Casey. These are the little things, like, started feeling um i'm just happy to be out and be a father and in charge of my own life <laughs> um the uh w w like casey was going to text me with some things extra things that she needed and i was waiting for that so i would just took her around and just talking with my five-year-old daughter about like oh rice krispie treats those are really good yeah <laughs> just like little things and just kind of distracting her brain and walking while I waited for the text, like that was really enjoyable for some stupid reason, because <laughs> I haven't done it in long so long, you know. Um, Casey's been the one going out still because I've just been so busy, but I was just felt really good to get out, man. Just being like a dad in charge of my own destiny. <laughs> so, all right. So this one is the first in my Alexander Obvious series. I won't give the whole preamble because the story kind of speaks for itself, but I've had this concept for quite some time and, um, it's been, I just haven't been able to write it just because I tend to think big sweeping epic poetry and this needs more of a traditional children's touch. And so this is also the first one that I used some form of GPT, chat GPT type stuff to help me 
figure some things out, but it is still like 90% of my writing because I edited it all, you know, whatever, but it helped really help get the ball rolling. Um, and so we'll go ahead and read Alexander Obvious and the Copperhead Kerfuffle. In a cozy burrow deep underground lived Alexander Obvious, a mouse most renowned for his bravery and cunning, for his wit and his love, and his wife Amaretta as kind as a dove. They were both immensely old, but seemed young, forsooth, for they had taken a drink from the fountain of youth. That magical elixir kept them young and spry, and allowed them to travel the world far and nigh. And so their adventures came to South Carolina. In a creek bed they walked, nothing could be finer. But under the bush and the brown leaves there slid, a snake camouflaged in the mud, there he hid. As they strolled through the forest serene, Alexander and Amaretta admired the scene. See how the sunlight dances on the trees, Alexander said. It's a sight that truly frees. Amaretta agreed. Yes, it's magical indeed, but be careful, my love, danger may proceed. Just as she spoke, a snake attacked from behind, but Alexander was quick and pulled his sword from his hind. The snake hissed and lunged, but they dodged and weaved, their movements so quick it was hard to conceive of how they could withstand the snake's attacks, but they fought on and didn't look back. As the snake lunged again, Alexander saw a flash, a tiny bird with wings of black and white in a dash. It was a Carolina chickadee, brave and true, and it flew straight at the snake with a fierce cuckoo. The snake was taken aback, and it hesitated, giving Alexander the chance he needed unabated. He struck the snake with his iron sword nail, but the copperhead was quick and pinned Alex's tail. Amaretta screamed and the chickadee swooped, narrowly missing a venom-coated tooth. Bobbing and weaving, the bird did fly, and Alexander rallied with a mousy war cry. Together they fought, as a formidable team, their bravery and skill like a victorious dream. And though the snake was venomous and sly, they fought with all their might. They were not afraid to die. The snake grew dizzy, trying to follow. The mouse and the bird he tried hard to swallow, but he inadvertently tied himself in a knot and scampered off with a slithery hop. The mice they cheered, the chickadee cuckooed, and Amaretta set out a picnic with food, and they served the chickadee a thimble of liquid gold from the fountain of youth to help the chickadee grow old. You saved us from the snake, dear friend, the mice exclaimed, and we're forever grateful, our friend, you will remain. The chickadee replied with a wink of his eye, it was my pleasure, dear friends. I couldn't let you die. The three of them sat down to enjoy the feast, and they chatted and laughed, their worries released. As they ate, they shared stories of adventures old and new, of battles fought and won, of friends seen through. And as the sun began to set, the chickadee said, I must be off, my friends, but I relish the days ahead. Alexander and Amaretta hugged their feathered friend and said, Thank you, Chickadee. May your adventures never end. The Chickadee chirped his happy cuckoo tune, and they waved goodbye under the light of the moon. 
And so their journey continued far and wide, with different animals and places they did reside. But their bravery and kindness always shone through, and they shared their legacy forever, faithful and true. There you are. I like it. That was great. No. I have to go because we have pizza. Okay. You going to be back to read? I hope so. Yeah. I'll try to be back in like half an hour or so. Okay. Take your time. If that would be all right. Yeah. We'll be around more than likely. So, so. Um, I really enjoyed that. And I think like as a picture book, from what I understand, yeah. like, I could offer a quick critique. Yeah. A, um, it was a little wordy. So yeah. the lines could be cut down to make it run a little bit smoother. Right. But. It definitely has a like an illustratable yes. quality. I'm wanting it to be a little like an old uh, a a tip of the end of where you start going from picture books to to chapter books, and I'm wanting to introduce yeah. a more wordy like idea to 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 that kind of a thing. I'm trying to do kind of what the Sherman yeah. Brothers did with some of the early Disney music and use larger words to try and you know fit fit vocabulary oh, yeah. and, and all that. So. Um, that was kind of on purpose, but yeah, yeah. I hear you though. I hear you. Yeah. So I gotta go now. That's All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Yeah. I will admit you confused me with one of the lines, and I don't know if I heard it wrong. It's possible that the uh, they got it got cut out or something. Go ahead. Which one? Um, they're they're serving the chickadee a thimbleful. Yes. Of okay. Mountain of beef water. Yeah. Can you just read a little bit again? I will. Um, <clears throat> okay. So the mice they cheered, the chickadee cuckooed, and Amaretta set out. Uh, Amaretta set out a picnic with food, and they served the chickadee a thimble of liquid gold from the fountain of youth to help the chickadee grow old. Doesn't the fountain of youth help you not grow old? The point is you get old, but you don't... Okay, you're correct, but the thing is, like, they're immortal mice, <laughs> right? And so the idea is that they've been around for centuries. They they are getting older in the, in the sense of years, just not getting older, like, aging, right? So that was, that was the idea. Anyway, but... <laughs> You might need to refine that a little so that people like me don't get off. Yeah, maybe. Don't get off. That's one line I may look at again. But yeah, that it makes sense. It's just you kind of have to think about it. You're right. I like the phrase mousy war cry. Me too. <laughs> that was one of the ones that I was like, yes. <laughs> That's the other thing. I want these to be... I didn't want to kill the snake. I don't want to kill the other animals unless there's like no other way. And I'm doing a very special book of some sort. Right. Mm -hmm. But like, um, I want it to feel like these animals are really fighting. They're really getting hurt and they really could die. Like they mm -hmm. could die. You know what I'm saying? I don't want it to be that they do necessarily, but I want it to be like, I want that danger to be felt. I want it to be something that, Seven, eight, nine, ten-year-old boys can read these and get excited for the next one, and have that as a transition point to like chapter books and things. That's kind of like what I'm looking at. So, um, but girls too. I want Amaretta to have some more strong moments in future episodes, but um, <clears throat> I always want her to have more of a 
a feminine twist on the way things go and him to be the one who's like the first like always the first one to jump out you know and be like let's go you know um and and they like she's always working on something while he's drawing the attention of whatever they're fighting right <laughs> and we can go to different places you know we obviously went to south carolina this time um and i want to have a lot of uh light motifs like the very beginning um and the very end are going to be almost identical throughout all the books that kind of a thing mm -hmm. so yeah that's what i'm hoping for so yeah all right well we've got at least one more with sarah if we want to hold off we can if we want to go for it we can if we want to talk more disney songs and things we can if we want to talk something else go for it someone got something sarah you can do your story whatever you want to do I'm just wondering if the other Alex uh, up in that corner, is that Toothless the dragon? That is right there. That is Toothless holding a gold-plated Metagross and a picture of me that I took on Christmas here. Gold-plated what now? Metagross, Pokemon. Oh, I'm not so familiar with Pokemon as that. Mm -hmm. I know the bare rudiment. I see. Yeah. You know more than I do. <laughs> I probably know maybe a dozen or so creatures from Pokemon um, through osmosis, but my parents weren't into it specifically because of the, um, just because it was such a strong fad. They said, yeah, we don't want to do this one. Um, that was that was it. There wasn't it wasn't like oh evolution or all oh, their pocket demons or there was never any of that mm -hmm. for them. It wasn't any of the panic. It was just the, like, I, I feel the same way about one other thing for my kids, and that's Paw Patrol. We don't do Paw Patrol in this house, generally speaking. Not because there's anything wrong with Paw Patrol. Just because, like, kids get obsessed with it. And I don't think my kids need that when there's a whole lot of other cooler and more interesting things. So, that's yep. all it is. So. But, yep. It'll get to really quickly. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> Pokemon is an interesting study as a fad because it started out as a fad and then actually grew like super solid fan base underneath yes. it. So much so that it is the single most valuable entertainment property in the entire world. Wow. Yeah. It's absolutely insane. We have no, like, especially in America, we have no clue Pokemon is. It is massive the really cool thing about what pokemon did on, on a marketing basis is um they tapped into the um young male but also females uh but especially the young males um propensity towards zoology <laughs> and just fictionalized it and copyrighted it <laughs> because that's basically what it is when you really look at it is we're we're doing a fictional rudimentary zoology here <laughs> and and yeah that do what plus fighting well yes mm -hmm. but i would argue the fighting is this is ultimately very secondary like yes it's a major mechanic of the entire experience mm -hmm. but like a kid's not going to be talking about how charizard beat pikachu just that Charizard mm -hmm. is a cool dragon 
and Pikachu is this weird electric mouse thing. <laughs> most of the most other people I know who like religiously play Pokemon, they mostly just sit there and breed and farm for like better stats and stuff. Exactly. So like they breed and farm and just try to get like better different variances, shinies, stuff like that. They don't really like fight as much. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And ninety percent of the mobile games have some of the uh uh th those functionalities, the 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 breeding growing, you know, Farmville was basically Pokemon. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> And and Farmville turned into the million mobile games that have really weird ads, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, that you can find nowadays. So there's that. Mobile gaming is a blight on humanity. <laughs> uh huh. Oh, it doesn't have to be. We could reform that. And is it not? I'm saying it doesn't have to be. Fair enough. It doesn't have to be. There. There are a couple of good games that are primarily on yeah. mobile, but that type of stuff, the mm -hmm. the Pokemon clones, casinos yeah. for, yeah, exactly the casinos. Mm -hmm. No, th there's nothing worth reforming there. There's nothing worth reforming about race. I'm not that. saying reforming games. I'm saying reforming an industry. It, it okay, if they got. If they decided all of a sudden that we want good business practices that don't hack dopamine pathways, and we're actually going to make games that are actually good for people to enjoy, that encourage critical thinking and all that type of stuff, that'd be fantastic. And then the entire industry would die because people don't want those games. Okay, Alex, Alex. Because there are a couple of them. There are a couple of people that do. But hey, Sarah, are you on mute? Few, considering the fact that the entire mobile market exists. Sarah, are you on mute? <laughs> No. Okay, and you were just being it's, quiet. It's still talking. So oh, okay. I stopped. You were so okay. You can go ahead. The, literally, the only games I have on my phone are brain games, and those are only for when it's I can't pull out a book because reasons. Like I'm working with one of the kids I work with in the summertime, and you know I've got I can't pull out a book because he needs perfect darkness. But he's okay with my screen being on. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But once again, how big is that market compared to the market for Disney Magic Kingdoms? Okay, let me let me something like let that. me state this. You mentioned dopamine hacking, and I agree that there is a gambling aspect that is nefarious. However, what is the what is the difference between uh? Story structure and dopamine hacking. One of them has content behind it. Yeah, exactly. Story structure has actual content behind it. It's using it. It is using the so story structure flows the nature of reality, and that happens to include right. dopamine. Right. Dopamine hacking casino techniques take the dopamine and strip it away from gotcha. everything okay. that it's supposed to come with. Yeah. So you're, so you're saying it's a perversion of story structure. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. That's fine. I I have no problem. I have no problem with that. That was just my challenge to you. Yeah. In order in order to reform the mobile games industry, uh capitalism would have get back to morality. Mm -hmm. And I don't see that happening anytime soon, unfortunately. Though I do pray it does. Cool. <laughs> Uh, let's see, let's see. So we have the Eowyn story. 
we have other things that we could talk about. Um, one of the things I can bring up, um, I just finished this like yesterday. Um, so <clears throat> I have done something interesting with cabling that I may end up being the only one who's interested in, but we shall see. Um, so I have two computers here. I have uh, two laptops hooked up to two TVs um, for like a big screen, right? So I have my webcam in the middle here. I have my Windows PC here. I have my MacBook here. Um, the reason I have two is because I need the Mac for certain freelance things. And I like having options as far as software. Um, but anyway, so I have normally the TVs are loud enough and clear enough to where I just put volume out through them. If I'm going to listen to something without headphones, things get complicated when you want to listen to both PCs on headphones. Mm -hmm. So there is a thing with Bluetooth called multipoint. It's not very good. They kind of basically just connect based upon which device is playing slash playing louder. So this, you can't listen to both at the same time. So what I did was I have a sound box called the Scarlet 2i2. That's beside the point, but l let, me, let me see. I can boil this down. We have a sound box that I feed both the signals from both, both PCs into. And then through that headphone jack, uh, I then go to a FM transmitter. And this is my little FM radio. So I, I am actually listening to you guys through an FM signal right now on these headphones. But the, here's the really cool part. Um, let me get the little cable here. So I've been going through and inventorying my craziness here the past couple of days. I still got a ways to go. But I found this guy, which makes it all possible. It's literally just a teeny tiny right angle aux cable, right? And uh, I'm going to unplug for a second, so I'm not going to hear you. Um, this guy, um, combined with these and this, these is a, this is a Bluetooth pair of headphones, but it also has an input for using a wired connection. So I plug in there, all right, and then I grab this guy, and it has some sticky back Velcro here and here. And I plug that in here and stick that right there. And I have a pair of wireless headphones. And I'm going to put these on now because these will be more comfortable. But now I can hear you through that. And it's uh, it's an FM signal that plays both my PC and my Mac. And yeah, uh, I just have to keep it charged, keep the little radio charged. But yeah. That is insane. <laughs> That is really cool. Yeah. So I didn't want to get more complicated than that. But yeah, it was it was a little bit more more to do. But yeah, I, with the cabling of both of them into the one box, but that's all. This is the cool part. So, <laughs> are, so are you actually listening to two things at the exact same time? Yeah. Or do you just want the ability to switch over? No, no, I can listen. I can listen to two things at the same time if I need to, which sometimes I do. And technically, although I haven't tested this, we may as well try. Um, let's try something. Let's try copyright free music so that I don't get dinged on YouTube. 
not that it really matters because I don't get monetized anyway at this point, but um, let's just turn this on and then I have to, oh, I'm not going through the right output here. Let me do that. Change to there and then hit play. And now I'm going to try and turn this up and you guys tell me if you can hear this, you should be able to. Um, yep, this one here. Let me see if I can hear it. Um, not yet. Serious? Am I going through the right one? I'm not hearing it either yet. So give me just a second. That's interesting. Okay. Let's check a volume level. Alex, I don't think you're missing my get copyright strike. <laughs> I'm pretty sure you can't get copyright striked for humming a song. Uh, there is someone who has. Uh, there's a YouTuber I watch where he played. Someone. Man, you've gotten copyright striked for you. Oh, it copyright wise and I can't say I understand it but I know that that's a thing so I don't know how much of a difference is copyright wise with humming versus singing because the singing has the actual lyrics but well instrumentals that's a different case but it's not working right now um for whatever reason I'm not sure what but yeah basically so I should be able to I was supposed to be playing something on my Mac that you guys could hear through the stream. Mm. Um, and I could hear on these headphones. But for some reason, even though it was showing up on my box... Oh, I know why. I know why. I turned off my monitoring. Okay, here we go. This should do it. Oh, nope. I need to change it back. Okay, here we go. I know exactly what I did. All right. And loading, loading. Now it's not wanting to connect. <laughs> Keep that thing loading. Okay. I just think you, you guys actually hear that. I have no idea what I was saying. No. Like, I don't know what that's from. I assume I picked it up somewhere, especially you know it too. Yeah, I, what I know what to do. Rolling, rolling, rolling. Ethan? That's Rawhide. Ethan Doggy's goal? Yeah. Yeah, Rawhide. Okay, I had no idea. I was like, I picked this up somewhere and so I can go where. It's in the Blues Brothers movie. <laughs> they sing it in that CD bar. That's fun. Uh, okay. I haven't seen that one. I think I sung it like two broadcasts ago. I think. <laughs> Dang it. Not sang it. Check one, two. Is it playing? Don't know if I was at that one. Play the music. You guys hear that? No. no. I know I'm good. Nope. Can't hear it. Okay. Both. Weird. Oh, I think I know. It's a Discord setting. Uh, let's see here. Discord. User settings. Do voice and video. Oh, they changed my microphone again? They sure did. They sure did. That's what it was. All right, now you should hear it. Oh, wow. My mic really changed. 
Yeah, it did. Because it was going through my webcams, Mike. I'm like using voice mod or something. Anyway, yeah, it's just a nice mic. But yeah, you hear the music, right? Ironically, only seems to hear. At least I only seem to hear the beating if you're talking. Oh, okay. That's that, the, the Discord thing. That's that's another yeah. thing. They do that to try and cut down on like background noise and stuff like that. But you can hear it, so that yeah, it works. Anyway, I just had to play with a bunch of settings. But yeah, I just yeah, I thought you guys would find this particularly cool that I just had this yeah. lying around. Yeah, it's cool. <laughs> so, but yeah, using FM transmitter is a basically impromptu Bluetooth, right? I mean, people have used FM in this way for a while. It's just that, like, once this, this predated Bluetooth a little bit when it came, not just FM, mm. but I'm saying, like, I'm talking, like, small, portable, FM, short-range FM transmitters um, mm -hmm. have been around a little longer than Bluetooth. People use them in the car, you know, when they have just a radio in their car. You know, they plug it up to their phone and they can play music and whatever else. And they're cheap. I think I got this one for like 10 bucks a while ago because I was wanting to use, to just, just have a wireless way to transmit audio that was cheap. Um, just whatever line I wanted. And I found these and then found this cable and I'm like, you know what that cable would be perfect for? I think I have sticky back Velcro. Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> and so, yeah. And I mean, it's not even that bulky. Like, honestly, this thing doesn't weigh anything. This little, pocket fm radio <laughs> so yeah and i even have it for if i you know we don't mow our yard because they have a uh my bill our, our neighbor lady who elderly neighbor lady has a group that comes and clean and and, and does the yard but if i ever did the yard or something like that i want to go outside i could have fm am radio which is cool just basically made my own little fm headset so which you could get one of those and do the exact same thing. You don't have to have this, but it's what I had lying around. And I was like, oh, cool. And this will last longer, too, I think, because the battery is bigger uh, compared to what you would normally get in one of those little headset things with the antenna. So, mm -hmm. yeah. I, wow. I'm a tech that... nerd. Like, low-tech MacGyver nerd. Oh. <laughs> So I mean, the driver was himself very low tech. Yes, most of the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I have a lot of respect for the low tech nerds, but I, I'm, I'm more on the high tech side. I do both. Mm -hmm. I, I don't care. I'm, I, I treat. I, I'm one of those people. I'm like, uh, what do you call it? Uh, oh wait, that changed that. I don't want that. Okay, no. Okay, continue. I'm going to try and fix this issue grid okay there we go got it okay got it okay it was just they they changed from the grid of people to like focus on whoever's talking kind of and i don't want that <laughs> anyway okay so we have sarah's aon and you can get to that one you like if you're interested now and no one else has anything we could go ahead to that yeah i'm good yeah. okay yeah i'd love to hear it uh, hey so I read chapter one to you guys last time. So this is chapter two. Um, at this point, Eowyn has already met Aldor and he's teaching her how to use her sword better. And um, the last chapter ended 
She was more confident and bold and even began laughing with Aldor. So, Chapter 2 One morning after the Aeorids of Amr and Saedin had ridden off to aid yet another village attacked by orcs, Eowyn sat sewing in a common area, humming, humming a jaunty tune under her breath and thinking of Aldor, when she felt the air shift and sensed a cold presence. She wished for the comforting grip of her sword, but settled for drawing together her courage and her dignity and looking around. There, nearly behind her, but slightly to the left, stood a man in the shadows. She recognized Grima, her uncle's snake-like advisor, called Wormtongue behind his back. She realized they were the only two left in the room, and resolved instantly that she would always keep a lady with her from this day on, unless she was with Aldor, Amor, or Theodred. Has my uncle need of me? she asked, keeping her voice calm despite her sudden fear. Aye, he desires that you come sing for him. Grima had an odd Grima had a way of breathing his words rather than speaking them, and the effect was quite disconcerting and not at all pleasant, and not something that I can do as a reader. <laughs> Eowyn rose, glad to be able to move. She felt like a mouse watched by a snake, waiting for it to waiting for it to strike. She walked purposefully to the throne room, Grima only one pace behind. Foul is my lady today, he breathed. Eowyn nearly flinched, but maintained control as well as can be expected with my cousin and brother riding to battle. Does the lady fear for their lives? War is no respecter of persons, no matter their rank or ability, she answered shortly. She was suddenly struck by the truth she had uttered and was glad to enter the throne room. She hurried to her uncle, holding back a shudder in his sickly appearance. Good morning, my lord, she said brightly. Is there something specific you would like me to sing? Theoden King turned his head slowly to look at her, and his mouth twitched at the corners in an attempt to smile. Only he would abdicate to Theodred, Eowyn thought, not for the first time. He could rest easy, and my cousin would put our poor Rohan to rights. Realizing that she was not going to get a response to her question, Amor asked another, Should it be a slow song or a fast one? Theoden stirred slightly. Slow he wheezed, the one word barely audible. Eowyn thought for a moment, then, thinking of Aldor, began an old ballad. Let's see if I can remember the tune. Men ride to battle, all men race to fight, proving their courage with bold men and We women are left, we women must wait. We wait for our menfolk to hear of their fate. Lulee, why is this so? Lulee, why don't we go? Is that coming through? Okay. We wait and we weave, we spin and we sew, embroidered. They take when they go. The fairies fly high, well, sharp swords we wield. Continue to fly as men die on the field. Lulee-lulee, why is this so? Lulee-lulee, why don't we go? 
When bad news cometh, our eyes must stay dry. Though when we're only might break down and cry, to think of one that might still be in the grass, their lives cut all too short in a flash. Why is this so? Why don't we go? As she sang, Eowyn noticed with perverse pleasure that Grima's face turned colors and he glowered. Theoden sat quietly, his eyes mostly closed, his mouth uplifted in the best smile he could manage. When the song was over, he opened his eyes. Just Sister sang, he wheezed. Eowyn nodded. You used to like it when my mother sang to you. I sound like her? The king nodded his head fractionally, looking more alive than he had when she had walked through the door. I'm glad, Eowyn said, smiling back at him. Shall I sing another? The king's eyes lit up, but Grima stood and said, That's enough singing for now. My lord is tired. Eowyn's eyes dimmed again, and he nodded. Yes, tired. Perhaps a rousing song, then, Eowyn persisted. Tired, Theoden repeated, his eyes closing. You heard, my lord, Grima said imperiously. You have been dismissed, my lady. Eowyn stood incensed at this man's treatment of his king and princess. She took Theoden's hand and pressed it to her lips. You have my love, uncle, she told him. But this did not elicit a response, so she turned and strode from the room, only just keeping her fury in check. The longer that man is with him, the worse he gets, she fumed. I wonder if anyone else has made that connection. Surely Aemer, Theodrin, Hama, or Elfhelm can do something about it. The thought gave her a measure of comfort. Now to get a dagger and fix my clothes to hide it. Maybe Leib could help. But no, her father mans the smithy alone while she is helping her cousin on the border. By the time the men came back, all three Eowyn cared for safe and sound, she had accomplished the second of these objectives, but she had been unable to find an opportunity to acquire a dagger. She had noticed Grima's eyes following her wherever they were in, whenever they were in the same area, and this increased her discomfort and her desire to be able to defend herself. And that is the end of the second chapter. Very nice, very nice. I enjoyed that quite a lot. The song yeah. was gorgeous. What tune is that? Does it have a name? I mean, I suppose I should call it after the, the song, the first line of the song. I'm pretty sure I made it up. You made it up? Not 100% sure. Um, wow. I totally could have stolen it from something old that I didn't know I was stealing it from, but as far as I'm aware, I made it up. It's very Rohanian. I love it. Right? I've been um oh I forgot I did that. Let me pull that up. That I could that could be another thing I share. It's short. Um I wrote a while ago um I took Cademan's hymn the um the the old uh hymn and I rewrote it to the tune uh, uh, similar to the tune of um basically took the the, the Rohirrim's theme from the Howard Shore score <laughs> and reworked it into a hymn tune um, slightly. So let me see here if I can find it. It's been a while since I've seen it. Uh, 
Cademan. It's not in this one. I know generally where it's at. It's just a matter of specifically. Um, <laughs> I can understand that. Oh, I found it. Okay. Um, we must honor the guardian of heaven, the mighty architect and his will. The works of the, the works of the, I didn't quite get the, the cadence right, but let me see. The works of the father of glory. He is eternal Lord. And then it, repeats so it's not exactly the theme but it's very close um established establish the beginning of wonders made for all the children of man heaven as a roof the holy one he and then the refrain at the end is he is eternal lord and i i, I don't have that part of the tune in my head right now but that last line he is eternal lord twice and then he is the almighty lord the last time the last part is within the guardian of mankind the eternal lord afterwards appointed middle earth the lands of man and then he is the almighty lord he is the almighty lord so let's see he, he is the Almighty Lord. Yeah, we spit into the tune. Yeah, mm -hmm. basically, yeah. yeah. So you, you get it. You know what I'm trying to do. <laughs> I haven't played with it in a while, but yeah. yeah. I love that theme. Like, I'm sorry, we talked about the composers, but of all of the Lord of the Rings um, songs in the soundtrack, um the theme of the Rohirrim, which is not what it's called. I just can't think yeah, of what it's yeah. called off the top of my head. Um, I think that one is my favorite. I, that one or Concerning Hobbits, of course. Okay. Um, so very different feelings, but those two are, that. that's where it's at. <laughs> I have a favorite song from the movies, which is Into the West. And I have mm -hmm. my favorite piece of score, which is... The coronation of Aragorn culminating in the Hobbit <laughs> when they all bow down. <laughs> that moment is just so incredible uh, in the score. Oh my goodness, that hits so hard. Um, but yeah, Into the West is a really interesting treatment of Legolas's song from the books. Um, I love both so much. And I think I found a while ago, like a version of Legolas' song that's more faithful, but like that whole concept of like <clears throat> Legolas knows his end is coming, but he's still got it. He's still got to have his bro ventures with Gimli <laughs> before he goes like that, that whole thing and the goals crying. And it's like, crud, this is going to ruin my adventure with my friend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, oh, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, he basically had that promise to fulfill, and then he had to go. No, if we're talking about songs from the movies, um, one of the very few things that redeemed the Hobbit movies, in my opinion, is the last goodbye. Yeah, the end song from a uh, Battle of Five Armies. I, I got some lyric issues with that one. <laughs> 
But other than that, I love that song. I think it's amazing. So I, I want to hear what your lyric issues are, but we should probably uh, finish talking about Sarah's stuff. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Yeah. I loved it. I thought it was great. I, I thought that once again, you captured um, less so this time than last time, but you still kept the feel of Tolkien's prose in there. And I, once again, I've never seen that done before. I've never seen anybody actually faithfully capture Tolkienian prose. And it's really good. I, I loved it. And you're, you have a great singing voice as well. So that was Thank great. <laughs> I echo all of that. As you know, Sarah, you know I'm a huge fan. All right, let me see here. Okay. Um, looking for the specifics of where I had issues, but go ahead, go ahead. I just Im had immersed myself so fully in Tolkien. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I have to get this right. Mm -hmm. It was funny because one of my friends, um, one of my best friends was reading it. And she's like, okay, this is a mix between Tolkien's voice and the voice of one of our mutual friends. And I was like, you know what? That is the best compliment you could possibly give me. Yeah, it, it sounds... It sounds like a more modern Tolkien. It sounds like Tolkien writing in our more modern environment, as opposed to his, you know, extremely isolated Oxford professorship type stuff. Where I don't care if anybody reads this; I'm getting paid anyway. It, it sounds like if Tolkien was having to write something that people would actually read. Yes, and it's really good. Well, thank you. Okay, I think I sang the wrong song. I, I think uh, I'm looking at these lyrics and I'm not seeing what jumped out at me last time I listened to it. Last couple times I listened to it. I don't, but I'm thinking maybe it was the wrong song at this point. Are you, think, are you thinking Icy Fire? From... It's possible, but I didn't think it was that, that one. That's the Ed Sheeran. I know. From I Desolation know. of Smog. No, I like that one a lot, actually, lyrics. I'm looking at this and I'm like, yeah, I like the lyrics on this one. Yeah, they're great lyrics. And it is one of the very few songs I have ever seen where I can't find a single cover that I like more than the original song. Billy Boyd just knocks it. Oh, yeah. Billy Boyd's an incredible musician, like, way better than people give him credit for. Uh, but the... Did you hear that he's going to be in Wing Feather Season 2? Uh, yes, I did. Did anyone hear else hear that? He's playing the Overseer in Wing Feather Saga Season 2. Sarah, did you hear that? Mm -hmm. I can't say I've been following Wingfeather because uh, it is my goal to read the books first. Fair enough. And not only do I not have the books, I do not have the time to read the books. So it's, uh, I haven't been following it. Okay. Well, you'll get there. Um, I but yes, he is doing voice work in the animated series. So as a villain. That's cool. Yep. Um, That's funky. Yeah. <laughs> he's doing, like, what is a villain? He's doing a completely different voice. It's I've I, I've heard clips of it. It's it's scary, like legitimately. Mm. Um, he's sort of playing this. Uh, imagine like I'm not going to spoil anything. But basically, like imagine there's sort of a Victorian like factory of children, and he's like the the Cockney slave driver of them who wears a top hat and stuff. Mm -hmm. oh, boy. oh yeah that sounds like a fun character to play oh yeah <laughs> okay so it's specifically um it's one spot on the line uh, 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 of of uh 
that I have an issue with. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't break the song for me, but I really, every time I hear it and it is in the chorus, uh, it, it bothers me. We came all this way, but now comes the day. It, mm-hmm. the, the notes, the way they're segmented in the song feels very rote and it feels strangely out of place with the folkiness of the rest of the song. It feels very pop um, as opposed to like the entirety of the rest of the song. So it's like under the cloud. Uh, uh, but, uh, okay. Ha- under cloud beneath, beneath the stars over snow and winter's morn, which is all from the Howard Shore score. I turn at last to paths that lead home. And though where the road takes me, I cannot tell. And then he goes, we came all this way, but now comes the day. To, and then to bid you farewell is fine. But like that little transitional piece of music. And I think it's more the music than the lyrics now that I'm looking at it. But also we came all this way sounds somewhat... um. What's the term? It sounds cliche, like a like a cliche thing you would say. We came all this way. Like it just feels melodramatic compared to the rest of the the thing. And so that's my only critique. Looking at the lyrics now and actually like reading them a little closer, I'm like, oh no no, this is nice. I literally think it's just that one bit of connective tissue that kind of pulls me out of it for a split second every time I listen to it. <laughs> and yeah. Um, and it might just be because what is Clamavi's song? Clamavi de Profundis does a version with uh, a song with um, it's not The Last Goodbye. Um, they did another Tolkien piece. Um, the Road Goes Ever On and On. Um, have you heard their version of that? I have not. Um no. Yeah, they do. Uh, you know the poem, right? Of course. Yeah, the road goes ever on and on down from the door where it began. Though far ahead, the road has gone. I must follow if I can. It's the same piece of score, um, that they're both borrowing from. Um, but Klamavi does it, and and they stick closer to the score. And don't mm-hmm. go into any pop territory almost. And mm-hmm. it's all Tolkien's writing. <laughs> and so when I hear The Last Goodbye, even though it's really good, honestly, now that I'm looking at the lyrics and stuff, that one little bit of pop connective tissue just pulls me out of it. That's me being snobby. Ignore me. <laughs> yeah, I'm... I'm... Going through the lyrics. Oh, The Road Goes Ever On? Uh, no, last goodbye. Okay. Yeah. They do this amazing bit on the road goes ever on. Um, let's see. They, 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 let's see. Um, see if I can sing that one bit there. Um, I'll find it just a minute. We go ahead. Yeah. Um. I, I was trying to remember. I. No. No. Okay. I was wrong. Uh, I. The way that you were singing that. Uh. 
we came all this way, but now come the day to bid you for uh, bid you farewell. It, I thought I remembered it being sung two different ways in the song. Maybe it did. And the way that you sang it was the only like that's only sung at the very end of it. Like it, it, it after it's gone through the entire song, it, he sings it that specific way, and then goes into the "I bid you all a very fond farewell," and then the music fades out. I could be wrong. So yeah, yeah. I, it, but I, I'm. Going back through the lyrics and trying to remember how the song goes, I think you were actually right, and it's sung the same way both ways. But so, so the one bit from, and I got to start low enough so I don't crack. Um, the uh, the one bit from the Klamavi one that they do is uh, "Rose go ever on and on under cloud and under star." Yet feet that wandering have gone, turn at last to home afar. Eyes that fire and sword have seen, and horror in the halls of stone. Look at last on meadows green, and trees and hills they long have known. And that just, ooh, that hits me every time I think about going home to see my mom because she lives in the house I grew up in and everything. And just like, literally, these are the trees, you know, and the children in the trees that I grew up with. And it's just like, <laughs> I'm back home, you know? That's 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 crazy. Yeah. I, I love Tolkien's poetry. It's every single bit of it. It's just so good. Yep. So it's... Mm. <laughs> it, that's part of the reason why he said it was unfilmable right mm -hmm. that like, you can't take away the poetry from the entire thing without destroying like the core of it mm -hmm. and so you can't film poetry and so the entire thing is unfilmable I do it. <laughs> well fair enough but you can't adding the extra 80 minutes of poems to the Jackson movies would have felt extremely out once again, I, I like the Jackson movies. I really like the Jackson movies. Yeah. They can't be movies. They're just fundamentally different works of art. You could absolutely do a TV show and have them as oh, you aside, yeah. aside songs and music videos. You can absolutely do specifically the Lay of Baron and Luthien, specifically the version Aragorn sings, as a cutaway from the, from the fireplace with a cliffhanger on the end when the wraiths are coming in and have it... Mm -hmm. Fully a music video. You could absolutely do that and it would be incredible. Um the 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 big I understand people who say Tom Bombadil is impossible. I disagree in a TV show. You mm -hmm. can totally do Tom Bombadil. But the the only thing that I think was really lost ultimately from the heart, and that's kind of what you're talking about with the Jackson films, mm -hmm. Sam and the Tower of Carathungle. If there was one song that should be in that movie, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. It is Sam's song in the Tower of Kirith Ungol. It is like the moment of despair when only a fool's hope survives the darkness. Like, mm -hmm. it, it is the crux of Lord of the Rings, in my opinion. That particular scene is the darkest and most and brightest moment in the Lord of the Rings, period. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it when you read the books it is the thing that stands out the most and i don't hear enough 
like scholars and people talking about that scene. But that scene where he sings uh, as as a and that's the other thing, like the whole time. the And this is this is the genius of Tolkien. People don't realize this. And yet we talk about how great Sam is as a character and all these other sorts of things. One of the most amazing things that he does with him, I've never heard a literary person talk about. Throughout the entire journey, what is Sam doing to process? Well, yes, he's encouraging everyone. But what is he doing to process his experience? He's turning into poetry. He does a poem for Gandalf. He does a poem about the Oliphants, which I memorized at some point because that was the bomb. He's saying that Don and Kira and he uh, and what does he do? He sucks at poetry. He 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 self admittedly sucks at poetry. Yeah. The entire time leading up to the darkest moment that breaks him, and his heart breaks free with the song that he doesn't even have to put effort into. You see what I'm yes. saying? This this is Tolkien making a statement on poetry that it is a blue collar profession that comes directly from the heart and not from the the mind of academics and elves. Okay, <laughs> I want to say a couple things about this. First of all, write this thesis and put it on Nova Sophia. <laughs> okay. Second of all, I missed one when I was listening the poems that he did because he also did one about the trolls way back in yes. Mm-hmm. middle of the fellowship mm-hmm. um and even on the slopes of mount doom even though he doesn't like break into a rhyme mm-hmm. he is still grasping at that poetry yes when he's like remember green yes like do you remember green Take like, strawberries he, yeah it, right I mean, no, it's not actually poetry, but he's grasping at that poetry when there is literally nothing. And the reason he can grasp at it and Frodo can't is because he is a gardener who has worked his entire life in the ground. He is literally grounded enough to be poetic in the darkest moments. Yeah. You're doing it again. You're giving me chills. Both of you. Oh, I mean, and as soon as I'm done with Albion, I'm going to have to go back and reread The Lord of the Rings. Um, if you can listen to them, read by Rob Inglis. Oh, yeah. Do so- you think we give you chills? <laughs> he sings all the songs, too, and everything. It's pretty yeah. But That's how I read them the first time. I was thinking about going back through with Andy Serkis uh, with his version, yeah. but... I haven't heard his versions, but I've heard nothing but good things. Yeah. yeah. There's also several fan ver- fan uh, versions that have been pretty good. Blue Fax is the really good one uh, that's out there that you can find various places. It's all one word, Blue Fax, but um, B-L-U-E-F-A-X. But he does uh, basically a one-man audio drama. He puts all, and he puts uh, score from the films uh, in it and does the songs and does the whole thing. Like, he he sings the songs. His version of um, The Hobbit, um, he does the, oh, uh, the, 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 the uh, tra la 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 elf song, and it actually sounds elven. Every single version I've heard someone try to sing that, it doesn't sound right for whatever reason. It sounds too, like, for lack of a better term, fairy as opposed to elven. And he, I, it's, yeah. it, it, but it's, it's, it's very bouncy at the same time. Like, 
with with the song. It's like, oh, what are you doing? And where are you going? Down here in the valley. Something like that. It's it's so much better than other versions that I've heard. So that's a really good one to go through is Blue Fax's Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Um, I may just have to listen to Lord of the Rings for the rest of you. I, just all the different versions of Lord of the Rings. Parrot. Yeah. Yeah. You, you could do worse. His Bombadil's pretty good too. Um so, but yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. I'm curious, Alex, or is it Alexander? I don't know what you go by. But you got a huge row of brown or red books behind you. Yes, very serious. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, so that is the Harvard Classic series. Uh, they uh, so it's a series of fifty-two volumes, fifty-one volumes, uh, put together by Dr. Charles Eliot, who is the president of Harvard in, I want to say, nineteen twelve. Uh, they're published in nineteen fourteen, and the idea was he was challenged by a guy where he was giving a lecture on liberal arts and liberal education okay, but how can we, who can't go to Harvard because we have, like, jobs and stuff, uh, get a liberal education? He said, well, all you really need is about five feet of bookshelf. He said, really? Five feet of bookshelf? You think you can do that? Do it. And so he went back to Harvard and he said, well, let's gather all of the books of the Western canon, all the, you know, great books of the Western canon, and put them into five feet of books. And so you got, like, Plato, uh, Apicius, Marcus Aurelius, uh, Greek dramas, Augustine's Confessions, uh, you've got Plutarch's Lives, The Aeneid, Pilgrim's Progress, Don and Herbert, Thousand and One Nights, Bunch of Folklore, Aesop, Homer, Divine Comedy by Dante, uh, English Essays and American Essays, you've got uh, uh, Montaigne, uh, Descartes, Voltaire, Rousseau, Hobbes, Machiavelli, Luther, famous prefaces, English poetry, sacred writings, and just everything that you need for, like, a liberal education. Cool. And in five feet of bookshelf. I, I started by trying to read the lectures that go along with it, and I got to the poetry section, and it was extolling the virtues of the romantic poets breaking away from the old forms, and I'm like, I think I'm just going to stick with reading the, you know, actual <laughs> books. as po- as opposed to the commentary on it. I'll, I'll go back to the yeah. commentary later, but I'll read the actual books first. Fair. So, yeah. Then everything else is just a bunch of nonfiction. But, yeah, the, the pretty one is the Harvard Classics. <laughs> Abigail, you've rejoined us. I have rejoined oh, you. Wonderful. At least for now. Well, we, You missed my story. You did miss the story, but she can re- re-listen to it on, the, on Poets at War, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, you want to hear me sing? She did a good job. Did it. No, did a fantastic job. Did a couple of run notes, and every and when I hit them, I was like, "Oh, that one's flat." That's so okay. sharp, or whatever it was at the time. I've hit more. <laughs> I've hit more wrong notes tonight than you. So I was trying to get through the Cademan's hymn. Anyway, so um, Abigail, if you need a minute, yes. um, I've got something that I can. Uh, pull up that I just thought of. Um, or, oh, yeah. okay, you do need a minute. Yeah, because I, I I'm on a roll, mm-hmm. except for breaking for pizza. But I have almost a page written, and I like to finish that at least. So, okay, yeah, and then you can share. Make- that. 
Mm-hmm. Awesome. Okay. Well, let me get, um, since we were talking about Samsung in the Tower of Kirithungal, uh, I thought that I would, <clears throat> okay. I, I think Sarah may or may not remember this, but I, I put it in a, as a voice memo in the brood at one point. But um, I have a theory that, well, first of all, I have a lot of theories about Howard Shore's score and how I, how he came about writing it, um, particularly when it comes to the Hobbit theme. Mm-hmm. Um. I think it's very obviously extremely influenced by the hymn This Is My Father's World and the Toon Terra Beata. I think that's extremely obvious to anyone who's ever heard the hymn. Um, And I think that was absolutely on purpose. Um, I think that he also meant some of the tunes to specifically go with or reflect some of the songs in the books, even though he knew that they wouldn't use all of them. Hmm. One of my theories is that Into the West, the which he uses in the score, particularly for when Sam puts Frodo on his shoulders uh, and starts up, you know, Mountain Doom. Um, and he uses it in other places too. It's that do 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 do. I think he specifically was thinking of Legolas's song in the book, mm. even before they wrote Into the West, uh, for Annie Lennox and all that. That one's a little more obvious, but I really seriously think that the Hobbit theme, he was thinking of Sam's song in the Tower of Carathungal. And the only evidence that I have is the D- Tolkien's description of the tune that Sam sings it to you, which I don't have in front of me. I can't really find it right very quickly, but it's it, he talks about it being so familiar to him. Oh, you're going to try and find it for me? Okay, that's cool. Yep. I was thinking about doing that too, but I'd have to go in the other room. <laughs> okay, well, you look it up while I'm talking, but basically the... Uh, the, it's basically a tune that he can't, he, he can't um, even say what the song is. He's heard it so often, like the songs that he knows it to and everything. Hey, Abigail, I can see you now. Um, but yeah, so that's that's my theory. Are you finding it yet, Alex? I am trying to find it. Um, yeah, I think, I think I did. Okay, go, yeah. ahead, go ahead and read that portion where he describes the tune. Okay. Uh, his voice sounded thin and quavering in the cold, dark tower, the voice of a forlorn and weary hobbit that no listening orc could possibly mistake for the clear song of an elven lord. He murmured old childish tunes out of the shire, and snatches of Mr. Bilbo's rhymes that came into his mind, like fleeting glimpses of the country of his home, and then suddenly new strength rose in him and his voice rang out, while the words of his own came unbidden to fit the simple tune. That? Yeah, that's it. So... Take that and take what you hear in the Hobbit theme and tell me it's not what he did. Like honestly, yeah. Now here's here's my other my other exhibit, and this is all I have. It's not as clear cut to me as Into the West. And I'm gonna do a Sam accent. I'm gonna act on this one, and if I break, it's because I'm in character, but also I'm breaking. So anyway, in western lands beneath the sun. The flowers may rise in spring. The trees may bud. The waters run. 
The merry finches sing. Or there may be, tis cloudless night, and swaying beaches bare. The yellow stars has jewels white amid their branching hair. Though here at journey's end I lie in darkness buried deep, Beyond all towers strong and high, Beyond all mountains steep, Above all shadows rides the sun, And stars forever dwell. I will not say the day is done, nor bid the stars farewell. Yeah, that, that really goes. <laughs> Good gracious. You convinced me. <laughs> it's not a perfect meter, but I think that was on purpose. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think he's, like, I think he thought that deeply about this, like, okay, well, if I'm going to do this, like, the, the, you know, regardless of whether they do the songs or not, if he was going to write for the Tower of Kirithungal, this is it. And it would have been mm -hmm. in the Shire many times beforehand. We would get it many times before so that it would hit harder at the Tower. And so, mm -hmm. yeah, like I said, purely speculation. <laughs> Good gracious, does it fit. And that's what should have happened in the movie. Yeah. Whenever you were talking about Sam's poetry. Hello, um, Brendan, you made it for a second. Uh, I just got home from, uh, from the magical realm known as my parents' house. It is magical, because I know your dad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway. All right, well, continue, uh, Alex, with what you were saying. Um, no, whenever you were thinking, uh, whenever you were talking about uh, Sam being a bad poet, going through, I was, went back through my memory of the movies, and it may only be in the extended edition, but there is a scene yeah. where he does, yeah, where yeah. where he does poetry, Gandalf and fireworks. he, yeah, right, uh, in Lothlorien, I lost it for a second, in Lothlorien, and he stops all the way through, I was thinking, I, as I said, I love the Jackson movies. I think that they're fantastic. I think that they're given uh, short shrift by the people who uh, are just absolutely in love with the book. Yeah. I think of what C.R. Wiley has said about, the, about right. it. Right. I understand where he comes from, but I think that they're still really good. They're really good because they have portions of Tolkien in them right. that right. make you want to go into the book. And if you go from the book movie to the book, you pick up these oh yeah this theme but it's incomplete in the movie right Th this theme but it's incomplete in the movie and everything is brought in so well it's all so well done in the books and it's just barely there in the movie but it is still there and that still makes it the best trilogy ever put to film fight me yeah yeah i hear you so, so um abigail did that give you enough time to read your thing or you need a little more one more one more minute Okay, cool. All right. Um, I mean, we can we can stay talking about Tolkien for hours. Oh, I know, I know. So, but yeah, the, 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 that whole thing, like, yeah, I'm 
absolutely convinced that like the Hobbit theme was written for the Tower of Carrot Uncle, but that's a whole other thing. Benjamin or Be Brendan just came in on that. So anyway, yeah. How are things, Brendan? Um. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We got the sun. Uh, yeah, you do. He doesn't sleep. Yeah. Is that is is that all? Do we need to talk elsewhere? No, no, no. Okay. Um, things are all right. Uh, there isn't nothing bad. Um, work dropped on me a project that ostensibly was due Sunday today, and I got the final files that I needed this af this evening. So. Things seem kind of crazy. I can't get a, I can't get a hold of any of those guys because I've got IOPT that I've been slow on because of fairy tale dreams and all the other stuff that I'm trying to get going. Yeah. And like, I need to talk to Benjamin about one of these, and it's just not. Yeah. So I will let him know. Uh, Abigail, you're on mute. Oh, you're you're okay. You're talking to someone else. Anyway, go ahead. The the thing is, uh, we have been trying a. Basically, they want to try a new project manager system mm -hmm. and try to replace Dropbox. Some of their no Slack. Oh, okay, Slack, yeah. And that's why you haven't been able to get a hold of them because they've shut Slack off. If you've been trying to do that, I, I so I would recommend texting Benjamin. Yeah, I texted Benjamin. All right, I heard then, anything? Then I don't know what's up with him. Then, mm -hmm. um, if he's not getting back to you from that, okay. but uh, no matter. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so it's just it's just been a little bit crazy because I'm like I have absolutely no idea <laughs> what I'm doing. That's not entirely true. Um, it's just hard because it's 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 uh, the short turnaround time. There's lots of footage of B-roll to sift through, and I don't have the. I I am I am mentally unstable. Well, I mean, <laughs> we already knew that, as it were. As it were. Um, on the plus side, I got the uh, um, urge to work on the ABC fantasy book again. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you saw my notes and you just saw your notes. Do you want to share that while we're waiting on Abigail to finish her page? Sure. I'll I'll throw in mine. Yeah. You guys will like this. It's good. So the current working title is Adventures, Battles, and Creatures. The idea is it's an ABC fantasy book for kids, but with the sort of weird twist of D&D &D in it, so people who play D&D &D should like it. The other thing is I originally was... The characters that I plan on drawing, or I say plan on drawing, that I was hoping to have illustrated in this were going to be part of like a D&D &D comic-like thing that's just silly one-off single pages that aren't like no necessarily long-form story. I wasn't planning on that. I wasn't discounting it, but it didn't have a plan. So, so uh, this is the ABC fantasy book. It is an early, He's current working game. version. Yeah, yeah, current working version. So, ace for adventurers who stand proud and tall. When heroes are needed, they'll answer the call. B is for bards, your musical friends. When they're around, the fun never ends. C is for courage, a hero's best trait. With this thing alone, they can stand up to fate. D is for Dragon, the great beast of old, some friendly, some vicious, in each story told. 
E is for elves, the race ancient and fair, their knowledge and skills unmatched anywhere. F is for fireball, a spell of great power. Have care where you aim, or your friends will be sour. G is for giant, large as castle walls, yet it's true what they say about, har about how hard they fall. H is for hero, who protects the weak, who vanquishes evil, and does goodness seek. I is for inn, with food and warm fire. Many patrons come here to seek heroes for hire. J is for jump. Sometimes it is, sometimes it's your lot to take a great leap out of a tight spot. K is for kraken, who cause sailors to weep. Its lair resides in the ocean deep. L is for library, home to many a book. If you can't find your wizard, well, you know where to look. M is for magic. It brings w the world wonder. Magic fills it with beauty or rends it asunder. N is for Nightwatch, a dull, thankless roll, but if danger is sighted, the alarm bell must toll. O is for Orcs, they are the villain's tools, though vicious and cruel, they are more often fools. P is for Paladin, a true holy knight, when defending the weak, he won't flee from a fight. Q is for Quest, it's our noble goal, when working together, we each have our role. R is for Rogue, they're sneaky and quick, if you aren't careful, you may fall for their trick. S is for Sorceress, whose magic is strong. If she thinks there's a problem, it won't be there long. T is for Treasure, an adventurer's reward. Keep a close eye on it in case your rogue gets bored. U is for Unicorn, majestic and white. They are a great help to those who serve the light. V is for Victory, so hard to obtain, but once it's gained, it is worth all the pain. W is for Wizard, though he may be obtuse, with his knowledge and magic, he is of great use. Exus or Xenos, yes, tis a strange word. It simply means alien, which is why it's unheard. Y is for Yeti, big, furry, and mean. He lives in cold places where he reigns supreme. Z is for Ziggurat, built so long ago. If our quest leads there, then it is there we will go. And with all this knowledge, though small it may seem, go off on an adventure and bring your whole team. The end. That is amazing. <laughs> Incredible. It's really good. It is. I, yeah. Um. I don't have a good. I see you employed some of my notes and suggestions already. Yeah, yeah. I, I There are there are some that were just no-brainers. Yeah. There are some that I'm kind of like, not sure about, but uh, I had to think on. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me be right back. I want to grab something real quick because there's a little more context I'd like to give. Sure, please. Sounds good. Sounds good. So, yeah, that's fun. <laughs> I had fun doing comments on that one. I will buy so many copies of that. Mm -hmm. I hope that he can get it as a board book, like, for real. I think that would actually sell really well, especially if we get a good, yeah. simple art for art on the whole thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. That'd be so good. So. Oh, wow. You really that, like that. That's basically, that, that would just become my standard gift for, like, People having new kids. Yeah. Here's your book. <laughs> Are you five and under? Oh, can you get this one? <laughs> exactly. Mm hmm Yep, yep. So but yeah, everyone loves it. Uh Brendan. And yeah. <laughs> I'm glad. Um uh it's like let me see if I can find them. Um unfortunately I have to use my webcam because I don't have pictures saved on the computer to share, but um that was gonna be a for adventurers, sort of. It's a rough sketch, but you've got like the paladin, the wizard, the elf, sorceress is over here. Not sure she'll be there. Rogue, 
Um, but each of these characters is a bit more fleshed out than that. Because let me find it. It's in here somewhere. I know you're here somewhere. Uh, that, that's a throwback to an old game. Here we go. The Paladin and the Rogue. <laughs> I remember that one. The oldest dynamic in history. Yes, the oldest dynamic. But yeah, it's it's, it's something that I I again it's it's sort of meant to be fun. It's meant to be silly. It's meant to be kid friendly, and it's something you could read to kids. But if you're an adult and you're reading this, you could also hopefully get a kick out of it. Mm-hmm. And if you are an adult and you read this to your kids, and then your kids comes out with the word ziggurat or xenos <laughs> in first grade, and all the kids are like, huh? And you're just as a parent. Just... <laughs> there was another one in there that I was like, that's a word that I don't think my students know, but I don't remember what word it was. Uh, ziggurat, Yeti, Xenos. No, it wasn't one of the main words. It was uh, a verb, I think, that started with one of those WR verbs, like rot, maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hold on. Let me skim through here try to find I it. remember what exactly is. I think it might have been rot. It probably is. It probably is rot, knowing me, <laughs> knowing my language, knowing my history professor of a father. Uh, uh, leap deep magic rend, maybe I don't know. Yeah, uh, rend it asunder. Yes, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's just a funny little like on one hand, it's like, oh, it's just a funny little thing. On the other hand, because it's just a funny little thing, it might actually be something I can complete. What a novel concept! Um. It's just a matter of getting all of the drawings done. And while... We're supposed to be completing things? We're ADHD. We're not supposed to do that. You're messing with the system. How dare you? I have How dare you? I have successfully been able to turn things around to where I complete everything that's for me, but, like, it's other people that I have a problem. <laughs> yeah, I'm the opposite. I can complete anything for other people. Completing something for myself, unless it's like a short story, the only thing I have completed of any length is that Ada Wing story, and that's because I was writing it during COVID. Yeah, yeah. I just have to, I just have to sit down, buckle down, and draw, regardless of how good it is. Because part of the issue is, like, I'll have some drawings that I look and I love them, and I'm like, great, I like this. And then there are others where I try and I try and I try and it's like beating my head against a wall. And I'm like, why? This one is compositionally easier. Why am I having a harder time with it? Oh, boy. This is the other part of ADHD. It's the idea that, like, there are certain things you get excited about. No matter how hard they are, you're going to blow them out of the water. Something's really simple. Eh, that's that's not even that fun. Ugh. Oh boy. As a probably neurotypical person, I can still kind of understand that. <laughs> yep. So Abigail, how's it coming? You almost there? Yep. Almost. Are you okay. somewhere where there's sun out still? She's in New Mexico, yeah. if I remember correctly, yeah. Yeah. So I'm like two hours behind everybody. Yep. Yeah. Oh, 
That explains so much. By the way, hi, nice to meet you. Hello. <laughs> yes, I'm actually like showing my face for once because I figured out where the little camera was. <laughs> yeah. If you don't know Discord. Discord. Have you? Uh, what kind of what kind of like, tea, tea you got going or beverage? This is my. Uh, this is the. Um, what's it called? Um, Sweet Harvest Pumpkin from Celestial Seasonings. Delicious. Mm. Mhm. It's nice. They used stevia, which I don't always like, but it's, you know, it makes, you know, everybody in my family has a cold, and this is a really great tea for cold, so. Yeah, I can see how And you notice my beautiful mermaid mug. Isn't it awesome? It is awesome. <laughs> I will say, I'm um, totally here for whatever Abigail has to read. And then I'm out. I'm like falling asleep. Here. Yeah, I'm gonna have to wrap wrap okay. the recording after that too. You're turning into a pumpkin. Oh, I am a sweet harvest pumpkin. <laughs> so let's see. See, I write by hand in my journal. I know. My hand is yeah. too sausage fingery, and my hand cramps. I haven't found a pen big enough. Hey, Sam. Well, you get used to it. All right, so. We've got pencil grips for also for that. Yeah. I've used all kinds of pencil grips. Can't find a good one. Well, if, if it doesn't work for you, then okay. You know, but my favorite kind of pen, it's my notebook, which is, it's blue. It's not mermaidy, but blue is close enough, right? So, all right. So I have keyboard switches, which are blue and loud and clackety. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Why do people like clackety keyboards? I don't understand. Because lizard brain. Clicky clack. Mm -hmm. Because noise must be made. It's like having a typewriter. Exactly. Yeah, but, exactly but what if you want to be a sneaky little ninja? Like Then I'll buy the brown switch keyboard, which also feels great, but is quiet. Yeah, red or brown. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, red or linear. What are you playing? Which which uh controller are you playing? Are you playing the uh a sneaky rogue or are you playing the tank? That's true. I am the bard, so it makes sense that I would have loud keys. And <laughs> I uh, every game I play, I gravitate to tanks. It doesn't matter mm -hmm. what the game is and what cl I made a necromancer into a tank in Guild Wars. You're not supposed to be able to do that. Like, I just walk in. I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Oh, look at all these mechanics. Oh, look, they fit together. Oh, look, I can't die. <laughs> so, yeah, I have a mechanical keyboard. Back in the game. I have a mechanical keyboard. I'm loud. Mm -hmm. In case that wasn't obvious. I will mute myself now while I type on my mechanical keyboard. <laughs> you have the floor when right. you're ready. Right. Oh, no. Hmm. <laughs> Something's distracting her. Yep, she's got a package. Exciting. I said do this like as a uh, unboxing, an uh, unboxing thing, but because I want a giveaway. Oh, sweet! So, oh, cool. Hey, you want to see? Yes. It's perfect. That is it's nice. It's a um, it's like a scarf with a mermaid tail. Ta-da! That's fun. Isn't <laughs> that like that is so perfect for me right now? I love it. <laughs> okay. That is fun. I will not put it on. 
All right, this is, I should, I should, um, because this is being recorded, I should say, this is from Eru, uh, Eruvandi Craft, and it's on Etsy, uh, at Eruvandi Craft on Instagram and Pinterest. There we go. There you go. Plugging her shop. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to read you the first bit of a chapter, like chapter one, unless it turns into the prologue, which it might, because it really has a prologue feel. Uh, for my uh, Little Mermaid retelling. So, <clears throat> also, I'm terrible at reading my own stuff aloud, so you guys get, like, you. I, I'm, I'm, like, testing this on you guys, so. Alright. Uh, Lily of the Valley clutched the railing with both hands and gasped for breath from the, uh, with the gale, sorry, and gasped for the breath the gale tore from her. The ship tossed high until it seemed there was nothing around them but air, and then she nearly lost her footing as it dropped again into the angry waves. My lady! The shot reached her only a split second before Captain Francis skidded to a stop right in front of her, somehow sure-footed despite the tossing deck. What are you doing? Get below! Lily shook her head. She was almost drowning in the amount of water they'd taken on in the cramped cabin. But there was no way she could say that. She couldn't see anything at all. Get below! Francis bellowed. The wave rose overhead, then broke before it crashed into them, sending the ship skidding sideways. Lily felt the rough wood of the railing from uh, slip from her grasp, made a grab for a rope and seized it by some miracle. She gathered her voice and shouted, What can I do? Stay out of our way! No, Lily tried again. I must help. Then get below! The captain began to turn away. We're trying to save us all. Lily grabbed his arm and forced him to turn back. His face was as serious and death-like as a man facing his final battle. The gale howled around them, and Lily had to mouth the words, Any hope? Captain Francis seized her around the shoulders and shoved her toward the ladder below. Stay out of the way, my lady. But she'd seen the despair on his face. Panic clawed at her. She couldn't go below. The storm raged like a living thing with swords of icy waves, and war cries multiplied on the wind. This was death. Everybody aboard the ship would die, and there was nothing she could do. At that moment, an eerie glow caught her eye. And that's it for now. That is awesome. That is one great introduction. Yeah, I was going to say, that is one heck of an introduction. That is how you jump into the action. Very, very nice. War cries multiplied on the wind made me go, mm. Yeah. Also, that's first draft i am so jealous well done yeah it's actually kind of flowing easier than normal i'm really happy yes that is fantastic yes i yeah so the chapter will continue with a um she dives after the golden thing which she recognizes as magic that she can maybe use to save them even if he will probably die. And it turns out the golden thing is being controlled by a sea witch. And she makes a bargain for her life for the ship. And that's how the chapter closes. So, I haven't gotten there yet. Hey, I'm digging it. I'm there for it. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> I am so excited about this book. That's awesome. I'm also a little stressed because it needs to be done right now. But I'm excited about it. <laughs> Yeah, that's how it goes. Well, I am going to wrap yep. wrap the recording here for those who are watching or listening later. Uh, you got uh, anyone need to plug anything, uh, Abigail? You especially because I know you actually have stuff to plug. 
Um, please do. Um, and then we'll wrap. Plugs. Abigail first, and then whoever. Yeah, next week um, on the website Havoc Publishing, which is gohavoc.com. So on Thursday, I have a flash fiction story, which is um, a spooky thriller about grief and stuff like that. That's kind of Arabian Nights inspired sort of. So that's going to be out next Thursday at uh, gohavoc.com. Excellent. Sarah, did you have anything? Um, well, if anybody is tired of getting my story in one month increments, um, it is on my website, which is S-A-R-A. It's hard because it's the first three letters of my first name, Sarah, and then it's my last name, which is very French. So it's S-A-R-L-E-V-E-S-Q-U-E dot WordPress dot com. And it's on there under miscellany. And I'm trying to figure out how many chapters it is, but it's on my phone and it's taking forever to scroll because phone scrolling is not optimum. Um, it's rather long. <laughs> okay. I believe it's 20-something chapters. All right. But it's make, they make it easy to go up, but not easy to go down. So <laughs> I hear you. All right. Alex's, either of you got anything? Um, none of them are active. I don't post anywhere, but on all the social medias, I'm at W.A. Robertson, M-M-I-I. Sweet. Okay. Brendan, anything at the moment? Or are you still working on stuff? I have a plug for my phone. I don't think that's what you <laughs> meant, but, um, well done. I have a, I, 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 uh, no, I don't have anything yet. The, the. I already showed y'all the one thing I actually managed to work on. I didn't realize we were still recording when I hopped on. It's like, whoops. That's okay. That's uh, all right. I mean, hey, you're still working on it. It's not done yet. It's fine. So keep going. Uh, all right. Well, everyone knows. I found, I found the bottom. It's 23 chapters. 23 chapters. Michael Jordan's jersey number. We got it. Anyway. Um... <laughs> I know, random. This is the way my brain thinks. Anyway, uh, you guys can check more of uh, what goes on with the Brewcast out at joshuadavidling.com. We have Poets at War there. I've been posting daily chapters of epic poetry as well. Uh, we're currently in Notes of Destiny. Um, we complete an episode at a time, and then I roll for another world. So that's how. That's why it doesn't seem super consistent as far as like where it's going. But you get at least a full episode before I switch. So there you go. Um, yeah, you can find out more there about my epic poetry, about my animations, about that sort of thing. And, uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap this thing up. Everybody be your family's bard. Do not turn to the right or to the left and the Lord will be with you wherever you go. We'll see you next time in the trenches on the broadcast on Poets at War. This is the broadcast on Poets at War, Inkling style discord chat last Friday of every month to join. Go to joshuadavidling.com and click the Discord link in the right-hand sidebar.